What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the second episode of the Young Boys Podcast. And uh, today, it's not really the actual Young Boys. It's uh, it's just John Boy. But I have friends. Uh, it's it's super great. I have uh, I have some friends with me tonight, subbing for Eli just for the sake of. Doing something. We just wanted to. We just wanted to. It's a good time. I didn't know we were on that level of being friends, but I like it. Good. I'm glad that we are are there. So uh, <laughs> I have a couple of friends here, and so we're uh, they're gonna go down the line, <laughs> and they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Kylie. I'm the resident girl, I guess. <laughs> 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 Hello, my name is Nathan Gerald Progenes, and. Um, I'm a pretty classy G. That's all. I am Alexander Michael Carey, and my Instagram name is Classy Alexander, but if you're tempted enough, you can follow my Finsta, which is Trashy Alexander, which is a a fun play on words. What a post. (laughs) What a a shameless plug. Wanna follow me on Twitter? (laughs) My Twitter is AlexCarey8. You like to send nudes, my... (laughs) My Snapchat is, uh... <laughs> my Snapchat is also Classy oh Alexander. Oh my god. I'm gonna Snapchat you right now. It's gonna be just a picture of a microphone. I just good. Only nudes. Only nudes. <laughs> yeah, only Got nudes. it. And so... What are we talking about today, John? <laughs> this week is gonna be the same, pretty much the same format as last week. We're gonna go through media. And we're gonna talk about music and <laughs> movies. <laughs> and television. But it's gonna be, like, super interesting, because now I have three extra people with so me. Instead of one person. Yeah, so there's just one person. And, like, Eli Beli. <laughs> Love you, boy. You're my heckin' boy. But, you know... More two, th- two, two hands are better than one. Two hands are better than one. There's four of us. You said it here. <laughs> it's true. You, you heard it here far first, folks. Oh, yeah. Two hands are better than one. All right, so we'll uh, we'll get into it. we'll get into it. We're gonna start with uh, we're gonna start with music for the week. <coughs> and uh, this is not safe. Nathan Proji is playing. Can we identify real fast? Can we stop playing with fire? He's he's playing with a lighter. His lighter's oh. We this have podcast is lit. Brought to you by my Snapchat. Follow me at <laughs> I don't know what it, I don't know what I'm talking about. It's okay, I don't either. Okay. So this week, um, you know, last week we talked about uh, Galactic Empire, Run the Jewels three, and uh, Melodrama by Lord. This week I went back to Pure Heroin by Lord because I'd never listened to it all the way through. Taking up drugs, I see. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> As in like da 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 da, she's a heroine. Da da da, she's a heroine. <laughs> Not like da da da, she's putting drugs in her arm. Da da da, she's basically Wonder Woman at for, at fifteen in New Zealand. Wonder Woman. Wonder oh. Woman is the show. Movie. That's a good great movie. Good movie. That's a good movie. I found it very interesting that Wonder another Man. superhero. Not a superhero, but another male character got onto an airplane during one of the world wars and didn't come out of it in a good. Reminds me of snakes in a plane. Can we talk about how Wonder Woman broke the record for the highest grossing movie by a female director? Yes, that came out today. Yeah. That came out today. That's, That's huge. Can we talk about today, how today she saved the DC movie franchise? Literally because yeah. if Wonder Woman sucked, I'm pretty sure everyone would have given up on DC. Today yeah. being June 24th, mind you. That's the day this is, this is happening. True. Because tomorrow, tomorrow is June 25th. Oh my god. And our resident Nathan Progenes Nathan turns 20. Nathan Progenes. 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 Nathan
Hamida, no ding a da Hamida, Shamata Mohammeda, Malta. That was us trying to sing happy birthday in Korean. It's just it's better because we don't cry every time happy birthday happens. Because every time they surprise each other with a birthday present, they're like uh, Also, is it copyrighted in Korean? I don't know. It's copyrighted in American. Do you know that? Yes it is. It's yeah, happy yeah. birthday so, song. Because they sing it all the time, so like wouldn't you think they would get copyright issues? I would think so. Is it because it's in Korean? It's not. Did you did you know that um like the like the boxing thing like let's get ready to rumble like That's that is that is copyrighted and every every time someone has to like use it in a film or wants to use it live they have to pay two million dollars per time they want to use it. For, what if they for like rest, the, 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 the line itself question mark the line itself? Yeah, uh, like that exact line. Let's get ready to rumble. Let's fight. That's a that's a cheaper option. Let's get ready to rumble. I mean, it's, it's so such weird. a classic line though. All right, now we're way off track. So we're going to go back to what I was talking about. Are you surprised? I mean, no, but like... <laughs> bringing it back. I'm try to stick Can you sound effect bringing it back? Perfect. Winning. He brought it back. All right, so I listened to Pure Heroin this week uh-huh. by Lord. And because um, we, dis- we discussed melodrama last week, uh, and I liked it. I uh, had a conversation with uh, our good friend, Ethan Wakefield. Ethan, if you're listening to this, shout out to you. We're talking about it. Uh, probably not. <laughs> we were talking about it. We, we were talking about it the other night, and uh, he was talking about. <laughs> I can wait. It's fine. Come on. <laughs> They're laughing at me. It's fine. Um, he was talking about how uh, he was talking about how much he loved melodrama, and you know, by Lord. I've, uh, yeah, yes, by Lord. I forgot who it was. It's okay. Um, uh, and as y'all learned last week, if you listened, it. Um, I did. I. I loved the album. It's one of my favorite albums of this year. Maybe my favorite album of the year, next to Damn by Kendrick Lamar. That's also watch your mouth. An incredible <laughs> the name of the album. Oh, uh, this literally is the name of the album. Okay, it's Damn. Period. So um, you're uh, right. Yeah, um, that's what a girl says once a month. <laughs> what? That joke sucked. That's great. That's bad. Never mind. Don't worry about it. It's okay, fine. Continue. Sorry. Um, you'll so you'll get there. I loved it. I loved it a whole lot. And uh, we were talking about it, and he goes, uh, so so, how did you like it compared to Pure Heroin? And I was like, well, I haven't listened to all the way through. He goes, no, you you got to listen to it. And I was like, yeah, you're right, I do. And so I did. And uh, I liked it a lot. It's much more... Um, it's, it's basically like when you go, it's like when you discover an artist and then you go back, like you start with their newest stuff and then go back through their catalog mm-hmm. and like you hear like the inexperience with them because when Pure Heroin came out, Lord was 15. Wow. She was heckin' young. And, uh, and, the, and the progression from, from Pure Heroin to Melodrama is fantastic. Like you can hear mm-hmm. her absolutely. There's a, there's a distinct tra- transition between there's the a distinct transition uh, there I was um, also watching this review by my one of my favorite youtubers his name is Anthony Fantano at shout needle drop shout out to you Anthony Fantano you will never listen to this but that's okay um, uh, you uh, he, he was all he was discussing how he felt that on pure heroin like she had some interesting ideas lyrically but then just because you know because she was so young she never really got to the places where they could have gone and with melodrama that lyrical content skyrocketed and mm. every line seemed purposeful and meaningful and uh, I totally agree and the the um, the first album pure heroin is much more um, singles heavy like you know there's like Team for 100 blocks, and then of course Royals and Tennis Courts, and those are songs that, that like okay. those that like hit 
the top 40, like, right away, and those stuck-up-there royals is still played everywhere. It's such a great song. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I agree with them mostly. Like, there's a lot of interesting ideas that weren't really fleshed out, but I think it was a really, really solid start. Um, and I, I didn't like it as much as I liked melodrama, not really by, like, a long shot, truthfully, uh, but I still definitely liked it. If you haven't checked mm-hmm. it out, I recommend it. It was super good. Um, I'm talking about albums, and I'm now thinking about... Um, since my favorite band is breaking up now, as many people know now, <laughs> um, favorite, that band is Pentatonix. They're fantastic, and I love them for most of my life, ever since you know six years ago. But um, Avi Kaplan left, but probably first. I mean, they're still doing summer around. They're like doing summer tours, and they're going around the country at like summer summer fairs and stuff. Um, and he about a month ago, he was like, "Yeah, it's just too tiring." I can't keep going on this tour schedule without, you know, thinking about how my, I miss my family and how my friends and family are missing me in California and I'm out in, you know, Iowa and Ohio. Nice, nice crack open. Cold, with um, cold, cold one. It's root, it's root beer. It's fine. Don't worry. Yeah, about it. it's fine. It literally is Barks. Barks is great. Shout out to Barks. They'll, they'll listen. Um, <laughs> they got nothing better to do with Barks. And, and he was just like, you know, I'm getting too tired. Like it's, it's hurting me physically and mentally, and I just like need to take a break. So once summer's over, I'm going to take a leave from them. And he, he went, and before this happened, he had an album with um, the Sequoias, which is a Spanish um, kind of folk group. Um, and they have an album called Avriol and the Sequoias, and it's very different from what Pent- Pentatonix was. First off, because there are instruments involved. Um, if you don't know that the, yeah. the Pentatonix was all voices and everything you heard was based off their voice with a little bit of editing in albums to make it sound, you know, per- perfection. Um, and this new one is... It's obviously singing, and for band members who are playing, you know, like, ukuleles and drums and anything handheld that makes a beautiful sound, and so these, these songs, like Fields of, Fields of Pier, Quarter Past Four, Sweet Adeline, they're all just, they sound so much different than what he was usually accustomed to and what we, we were accustomed to hearing from him, and you can tell that he's so much happier, mm-hmm. which makes me very proud of the work he's doing and the amount of publicity he's getting for it. Like, he's gaining monthly listeners by the day, which is how it goes. But, like, the rate at which he is gaining people is unbelievable. And it's the success super fast. The success he's getting is beautiful. Yeah. And it's mainly because a fifth of people who enjoy Pentatonix are listening to him now because the, he was their favorite. Mm-hmm. Or maybe more than, a, than one fifth because everyone knows that he was the best person in that entire group. You're right. And now it's just, like, coming to terms with everyone in that group now of Pentatonix is making their own albums and going like their separate ways. So it's like I know they're all separating, which makes me sad, but but at the same time, like they're all gonna have it's success five by times themselves. More music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Kirsty's having has her own EP that's coming out in like a week. Scott and Mitch have one coming out in five days and I don't know what's happening to Kevin, which makes me sad. Because Kevin's incredible. Kevin's talented. incredibly talented. He was the beatboxer, mm-hmm. also African American, which doesn't exactly matter. But like in case in case someone wants to know which one it was, it's that guy. Like looking at a picture, you mean? If you look at a picture, he would be that person. And I, and like he used to go to Yale, and then Scott called him and was like, "Hey, you should come out to sing with us." And he's like, "Okay, like cool, whatever." And in, in in an interview, he was like, "I might just go back to Yale, get a doctorate, and just be what I wanted to be before I even started doing beatboxing." And I was like. Follow your dreams, buddy. Too bad Pentatonix exploded, and then too bad they were, they got super popular after the sing off. Mm-hmm. Like, even though that show is dead now and no one, and nothing run anymore? No, it still runs. It just, Does it really? Yeah. It's just nobody watches it. And there's no, like, advertising campaign for it because they don't have any money. Yikes. They're making a new 
um, TV show like that called yeah. like, Boy Band. Boy Band. It's like, it's like an acapella thing I'm called like, Boy Band. watch K-pop. Yeah, it's the what? same thing. It's the same thing. We'll get to K-pop like, later. Like they got they got to sing off fame. Their record dropped them like like a week later, and then the RCA picked them up, and then they gained success constantly through then. Yep. And even through now, people are still just starting to listen to them because it's like the fans who have joined them since 2011, like myself, know that they're breaking up, and so people who haven't listened to them are like, oh, I'll give them a shot to see what they were like. Their pen is pretty much the greatest acapella group of all time. Oh, absolutely. I don't know anybody who's going to try and top it as of right now. You know, the only people I can think of are maybe that are maybe close is Straight O Chaser. Because, because everybody's everybody, been around for many I years. mean, Manhattan Transfer was They're pretty like good. the OG. True, they, true. They were the OG, but I think Pentatonix took like, like, like the modern. Goddess. I would say they were the modern. They just because built upon it. And Pentatonix was the first it. ever acapella group to win more than one Grammy. Yep. They've won four. Three. Yep, yep, worked with people all over three, the world. Four. They just won one. Three. 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 They have one for Sugar Plum Fairy, Jolene with Dolly Parton, and something else. I think it was like... Oh, it was Daft Punk, wasn't it? Daft Punk, yeah. It was arrangement for Daft it's Punk. It's like three of their most popular songs have won Grammys because they were just so innovative and ten- technologically superb. Yep. I'll miss them as a group, and maybe one day they'll get to get back together because some groups do that, Blackpink, and just, you know... See what happens. But, yeah. yeah. I, I'm very happy for Avi's success, and I wish the best for him. Avi, if you're listening, come meet me, because I want to talk to you. <laughs> oh, great. Quick story. Sorry. So I saw them in October in Chicago, and we went to a... I had a VIP pass to go see them during their sound check and, like, question, like, panel. Mm-hmm. And um, I was, like, one of the first in line, because we got there about an hour... Mm, I don't say an hour, like, 20 minutes early. And so I was still, like, one, like, one of the first people in line. I felt bad because my girlfriend had to sit outside because I couldn't afford to pay for her other <laughs> She sat in the stairs for like a half an hour. It was fine. It was fine. Well, what are you going to do? Um, and they open the doors and whatever, and you can see the five of them. And you know that's a real experience where you've always listened to them, seen pictures, but never actually met them? Mm-hmm. You've like been, been in their physical presence. You walk in. It was a Chicago Bulls stadium, but like just turned into Pentatonix's yeah. stage. You walk in, you see the you see the five of them standing on their stage, and you go, "They're actually real!" Oh my god! Were they shorter than you thought they would be? No, 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 no. <laughs> Scott was super tall. Avi was kind of short, but he was like, "There's always been a thing where like Avi has skinny legs." Oh boy, was that real! Um, <laughs> I, was, I was like the fifth person in, and I immediately go around to where Avi is standing, and I like get up and close and personal, like kind of close, not like in his face, like I want to like talk to you. But, like, close enough where I could, you know, look at him and just, like... Because he was my favorite. He yeah. was absolutely my favorite person there. I aspired to be sounding like him eventually one day in my life. Um, and they just start talking about this panel and, you know, questions and all this stuff. And during the middle of a question about, like, their Christmas albums, he leans down and he goes, hey, thanks for coming. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's talking to me. <laughs> so I, I look up and I'm like, yeah, no problem. Like, I've always... I've loved you guys since Sing Off and all this good stuff and... Because I'm socially awkward, as many people know. I was like, I like your beard! <laughs> he was like... Total Kesha moment. Yeah, he was He was like, thank you. Like, I, of course, he's super low. He's like, thank you. Like, uh, thank you so much for, like, liking it. And I was like, and I was like, if you don't mind me asking, how did I get to that, like, beard level? Because I'm trying to, like, you know, beards Clever. are weird. You've yeah. been working on it since freshman year. <laughs> Here we are. Um, and, he, and he was like, just do this, 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 this. And I was like, okay, great, thanks. And he goes, if you ever want success in your life, never say no to an opportunity. Always take chances and always say yes because you don't know where it's going to go. And I looked at him and I did the school finger guns and I was like, 
thank you, Avi. And he goes, yeah, no problem. I want to, I want to get a picture with him and be like, this is the best experience of my life, but we couldn't have our phones on. It was really upsetting. I mean, it makes sense. But the memory of me talking to my, one of my idols in my second generation of my life, such an impact and never going to forget it. It's mega ultra cool. Yeah, it was. And the concert was fantastic. Beautiful seats, of great course. sound. They sounded perfect because, of course, they sound like they actually sound. They've got a killer they team working lips, that. They don't lip sync. They actually sing the stuff. They have a killer team working that soundboard. Like, whoever, <sighs> were, like, pitch tunes them is incredible. Whoever worked in their lights and their, like, sound effects and, mm-hmm. and just, like, just, like, their set in general was beautiful. <coughs> anyway, so that's them. Cool. I love you, Avi. Okay, go ahead. Um, <laughs> cool. Another <laughs> album I listened to this, to this week was um, Eternity in Your Arms by Creeper. And uh, this one is really very much of an eclectic kind of pick. I was scrolling through Metacritic. Metacritic is honestly one of my favorite sites. I like seeing, um, reading on the internet, like on uh, music and movies and television and games or whatever. I like seeing what everyone, like a compiled list of everyone thought of said things. And this album called Eternity in Your Arms... Um, was really, really high on, like, the highest all-time for this year. And I was like, hmm, it's got an 89, I think. And that's, like, super good. Like, for comparison, Melodrama by Lord is at 92, and Damn by Kendrick Lamar is at 96. Watch your mouth. Damn is the highest for the year, except for uh, the remasters of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band by the Beatles, which is excellent. And then um, just the other day... Um, uh, Radiohead came out with their 20th anniversary? 20th anniversary? I um, want to say yeah, so. I don't feel like... Uh, is it, did they really come out in 1997? I don't, I don't think so. Uh, well, it's it it's their 15th, 15th or 20th anniversary of OK Computer, one of my favorite albums of all time, remastered, and it's excellent. Both of those are at 100. They had a new remastered version? It just came out. Oh. Um, did you remember that song that I played? Uh, I Promise, like the... Da, 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 oh, yeah. That, that one. That is... <laughs> I literally have played a few. I know I have. <laughs> Shut up. I know you played it. I don't remember it. Um, it's um, it's one of like the deep cuts that was like taken off the album originally because it just didn't really have a spot. But like this album includes a lot of stuff that they haven't really recorded before, and like uh, but they play it live, and so they like recorded it and it swaps over. Actually, you know what? I'm just gonna talk about the radio album because I listened through all of that. Do and it. That was super good because I'm already on it now. Do it. Um, it's called Okay, Not Okay. That's the remaster name. And um, the the remastered tracks from the original album are pitch perfect. Hmm. All of them are like, they, they are, uh, the treble is enhanced just a little bit, like specifically on guitars. So guitar, like the guitars sound a little like shimmerier and they sound a little crisper. And it, it, it adds a lot, truthfully. Just it, hmm. um, it makes it seem more vibrant for an incredibly depressing album really dreary album <laughs> but like it makes just it makes the soundscape just seem much more vibrant mm-hmm. um, and like you know OK Computer is one of the most essential greatest rock albums of the 20th 20th 21st I, I don't think it came out in 97 I don't think it did uh, I'm gonna say the 21st century I'm a huge radio head nerd I should know this but I don't um, so what, anyways it's just one of the greatest British rock albums of I all agree time. With you. it's just it's fantastic yeah. And then all, and then the they released three brand new tracks off that album, and then a remasters of a whole bunch of live stuff that they've done. Are they still like the whole band? Like nobody's left them yet. Um, 
I don't think anyone's swapped out of the group yet. I'm pretty sure they've all kind of just been together. So like 1997, you are correct. Oh, it is. It is 97. Yes. Okay. They've been together for that long. Said 20th 20th century. Oh my god, they're the same century. age as me. Wow. Wow, they're the same age as us. Wow. Oh. Well, oh. The, the three of us, <laughs> not, not you, Kylie. Nail. I'm good. Um. Um. <laughs> so they released three brand new songs, and they're called "I Promise," "Men of War," and "Lift." All three of them are excellent. And they've all been played live before, but they had, they've never had any recordings live. Um, they like For anyone who's gone to a Radiohead concert, you've probably heard these songs. Um, but all three of them are superb. Um, I Promise is this really, really great kind of really... It's, it's easily the most positive song on the album. Hmm. Um, and he's, he's talking about how he's not going to run away anymore. I Promise... Like, even when your ship is wrecked, I promise I'm going to be around. Tie me to the rotting deck. I'm going to be with you, and I promise I'm going to stay here. Are they playing Battleship? <laughs> Why are you this person? Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel um, funny. And Man of War um, and Lift, I, I haven't listened to those two. I, I've listened to I Promise a whole bunch because it was the single that came out for this album like a couple weeks ago, and I fell in love with it. And um, <laughs> Men of War and Lift, I've only listened through one or two times, but Lift has this really, really cool... And all, all of the songs are much more... They're much more positive than the other side of the album. Um, and they... Uh, it's almost like this alternate reality to, like, the systems and, like, the tone that the original OK Computer sets up, and then it flips it on its head, and it's still like, all right, things are really kind of bad and rough but like you know what there are a lot of great things that are going to go on there are a lot yeah. of great things that happen yeah. and I'm, you know, like, I'm going to stick around for it I'm going to be here even when everyone's fighting each other even when we're all killing each other there are good things that happen just because humanity does good things and there will always be good people there will always be bad people they may outweigh that good sometimes but there will always be good to look on that's mm-hmm. human nature it's human nature yes. and it's um, it's excellent it's so good I love radio so much. What about head radio? Um, like headphone. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, oh boy, this comedy. That was wrong. super good. Uh, that's a really great one. So now we can go back to Eternity in Your Arms. So that was also very good. This is what I was talking about originally when I was talking about Metacritic. And then it goes da na 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 na. Why are you so rude to me? Was that the one that you were explaining to me? <laughs> no. Oh. Um, Eternity in Your Arm is Tough by uh, Australian pop punk emo band. <laughs> <laughs> Australian Australian pop punk emo band Creeper, and uh, hey, hey, my Chemical Romance fans, hey, Rise Against fans, hey, Mayday Parade fans. Yeah. Did you ever want a band that like if they got together and had a baby that was that band? Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Listen to this album. Okay. okay. It's really good. All right. Cool. All MCR fans are crying because you brought them up. Like, I know. Oh, it's, rip MCR. It's still too soon. <laughs> it will always be too soon. Never listen to them. It's always, it's always, Excuse it always be too soon. Excuse them. Yeah, I was never about it. Oh, my Dun. God. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry Dun. for you. It's okay. I forgive myself. All right. But I was. I am, boy. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, MC. I was just waiting to see how long it would go. But, uh, all right, now this next one is something that um, three out of the four of us 
can actually have a discussion about. Uh, Alex, sorry. Alex is not very much of a K-pop boy. K-pop. Who are you again? Yeah, you should really invest. Pro Jeans, Kylie, and I are very much K-pop people. We love them. So, our K-pop love came from one of our dearest friends in the entire world, Kenneth Ryan. Okay. Uh, he is, we, him and I him and I are actually dating in real life. It's um, a real thing. Think about it. Uh, that is absolutely not true. You that could ask him and he would be true. dating me. Except instead. for in reality, Except for if dating you ask me. him, he will say, me and Kylie are basically dating. Like, basically. Anyway, Kenneth Ryan, my boyfriend. Is <laughs> you know how many text messages I've sent him since he's been at work we today? Don't, we don't need to talk to be in love. Um, so, like, <laughs> Kenny and I, Kenny showed... <laughs> Kenny this is when showed. we went to work. Goodness. It's at least, it's eight. It's eight, eight text messages um, since 416. Just plays. So ever since Kenny introduced BTS to me, I think at the same time. For, for reference, and BTS is a seven-person uh, seven person, uh, K-pop boy. boy band group uh, f- featuring four... Uh, singers and three rappers, and they all dance. I mean, technically, Jungkook is listed as both a singer and a rapper. So three, three. Is he really? So three, he rapped three in No More Dream. And more That's hormone. true. I should. I just didn't know if he was ever officially listed as rapper. And more hormone, right? Is it like a? A little bit. Yeah, he's a bad boy, so I like bad girl. Um, <laughs> you must be kidding me! You you must be kidding me! Um, <laughs> uh, so if you haven't listened to them, stop whatever you're doing with your life and go listen to them. Except for, just wait till this is over, and no. then you can go ahead. And, uh, Honestly, it's more important. Ah, uh, yeah, I run the podcast. I would say it's more important. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, so Kenny introduced this to me in January of this year, mm-hmm. and he said... He introduced it to all of us almost at the same yeah. time. I didn't go hardcore for K-pop until... March 10th, because that's when I fell in love with 4-Minute. Yeah, I... I about it. We, I we were in it a bit more before you... 10 is also, if you combine them together, that 13. makes 13, which is Jimin's birthday, so... Yeah, um... He, he told me about it, and he was like, listen to this, and I was like, I don't like this. Like, this isn't... I won't listen to this. And then the months went by, and probably about end of February, right when Putnam County finished, I was like, I'm gonna find some new music, and BTS is, like... I think it was Reflection, or something came up, I was like, I might as well listen to this, and it was phenomenal, and then I was hooked. And D- Dope is the track that did it for me, especially watching the music video, like, also, other, other than just being incredible singers and rappers, they're some of the, some of the, if not the tightest dance group I have ever seen, and I mean ever, like, I've watched a ton of dance group, I know a lot of phenomenal dancers, <laughs> cracking cold ones. <laughs> Um, that are that are boys and boys. Boy, 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 boy. They're 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 incredible. If you have time, take three three minutes or forty five seconds out of your day, go watch Dope. You will watch them be like, wow, these are very beautiful Korean men. Wow, these are incredibly fantastic dancing Korean men. Watch Blood, Sweat, and Tears Japanese version and be up for the rest of your life. And then cry a little bit because it's beautiful. (laughs) Be shook for the rest of your life. (laughs) My life was changed. The moment I watched that video, yeah. it's the it's it, the the one thing that was really throwing me off was the language barrier and how I didn't know of anything they were saying. And that's that's going to be a big thing with a lot of people. It just took me it took me about a week and a half to look at all the songs that I listened to in English and be like, oh, I get it now. Mm-hmm. These messages are so beautiful. I honestly 
Thank it's, you, subtitles. Yeah, yeah honestly, thank you for like the BTS army because they're so like efficient army. in like translating everything like the day it comes out. It's I super think, impressive. I think it's been really cool like getting into K-pop and because it's kind of changed the way I've listened to music. Because mm-hmm. I used yeah. to be um, super into lyrics, like that was the way I would listen to music, and like that's why Fall Out Boy was one of my favorite fans because yeah. their lyrics lyrics are genius. And then it kind of changed. I listened to more of, like, the overall picture and aesthetic of a song Mm -hmm. and, like, the feel of it and beat and sound Mm -hmm. versus lyric. And it's I think it's really cool to be able to interpret a song multiple times because, like, you're listening to it and you get a feel for it and you're like, oh, I really like this song. And then you get that next moment of understanding the lyrics and what it's actually saying. So you get to fall in love with a song multiple times. Which I think is really cool. The, another artist that did that for me is on a really kind of a different level was um, Lil Yachty. So uh, uh, you've probably heard of Lil Yachty, Lil Yachty most probably uh, from either his singles One Night or Minnesota or from his newest song with Kyle. Like Minnesota, like, oh, like Minnesota, Minnesota. like Michigan. If you know if if you know me, that song is an absolute jam. If you if you have a if you have some free time after listening to BTS. Uh, take uh, a few moments just to listen to uh, Minnesota by Lil Yachty, but listen to the version that has bass booted, boosted to the max. It's uh, it's brilliant. It's an experience. Yes. It's an experience. Yes. Um, but the, the, the thing that Lil Yachty did for me is when I first listened to Lil Yachty, I'm like, how does this person exist? Mm-hmm. What is this? Like, what? This these lyrics that uh, uh, I was eating poker rounds with a from New York Times. I don't eat no poker rounds, but they're Wrong. mighty fine. What does that mean? Like, what does it mean? It's 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 it. He likes pork and rhymes with women. A Wrong. from New York Times. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> um, and Classy I man. I and then I like you know I look on his Spotify. <laughs> I look on the Spotify and Minnesota and One Night have hundreds of millions of plays. You smell it. And I'm like... I was so really scared I smelled bad. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, they can't smell you on the podcast. No, but you were in my armpits. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really nervous. I'm like, oh God, I'm going to smell Nice, smell great. Really they're, they're, okay. they're, oh, sorry. You're okay. It's okay. Um, and I was like, what? How, why do people... Why do people like this so much? And like, I like, you can kind of... Combine them and like Lil Lil Uzi Vert and like Young Thug and Ugly God and um, and uh, a lot of these rappers or like uh, XXX Temptation uh, ten- Temptation I don't know how to say his name Temptation uh, yeah it's a uh, ten- Temptation Temptation it's not it's not a real word if you're reading it's not a real word Tenacious D um, or like me uh, I, I almost wouldn't qualify Migos or Future in this but. Mm-hmm. Um, but these kind of, this kind of like new wave of like almost SoundCloud rappers that are all about vibe and are all about beats and doing it's almost like this beat uh, fetishism. Good. Thank you. It's like almost like this beat fetishism that's uh, and, I, and I didn't understand it because while I love myself a bomb beat, I love, I love. It's I just love a very, myself. it's a very catchy tune. Mm-hmm. And it's just that little thing where it's just you hum it to yourself and just like, and you're just like, ah, oh, dang it, like ah, it's just stuck in your head. And it's such a, it's a great simple tune. And the, and like it took me a while to realize that its purpose was to be simple, yeah. because I'm the kind of guy you know I listen to 
Death Grips and Swans and Kendrick Lamar and Radiohead for fun. And they are all really, really lyric heavy and are really... Uh, or, or like even Run the Jewels. We talked about Run the Jewels last week. Run the Jewels was really, really ly- lyric heavy and they're really incredibly clever in the way that they word things. And I wasn't accustomed to this type of music that was entirely about the sound and the way that the words sounded with the beat. And I, it's, it's still... It's still hard for me to 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 get over some of some of the lyrics. You know, he's Lily Eye's girlfriend is blowing him like a cello. <sighs> the joke is you can't blow a cello. But that's not the joke. It's just that he didn't know. He had that. no idea. So he like updated. He like made an addendum on Genius. He was like, I'm gonna blame my team for this because nobody told me. Like, cause I thought that the cello was the instrument that Squidward plays, and I forgot that cello is not a woodwind instrument, because the instrument that Squidward plays is not a cello, it's a flute. Wrong. Wrong again, Luliani. Wrong again. Whoa. Fake news. (laughs) Wrong. Fake news. (laughs) You know, you, you talk about. I've been thinking about this for a little bit, so I have a full thought in my in my good old brain. Oh We're talking about like transitions into new music and stuff, like uh, my transition into K-pop and like everybody in this room besides Alex's transition into K-pop and BTS and oh, stuff in general. Cool. But like, I've never been a fan of rap music or anything that has to do with rap. But ever since listening to Rap Monsters, Suga, and J-Hope from BTS, J-Hope, me. drop your mixtape. <laughs> um, ever since I heard like them do this stuff and like these nice, darker, deeper beats and these more, like, bass-heavy, less treble beats are so fascinating to me. Well, like, I'll now listen to, like, uh, playlists that are just full of rap, and I'll be like, you know... I, so you were listening to M- actually, Eminem today? Yeah, I was listening to Eminem, Lil Wayne, Lil Jon, even, Lil you know, John. some Kendrick Lamar, Usher, Chris Brown, those people that I've never really listened to before, I'm now getting into because the that kind of genre of music sparked from BTS and it's what? like now I'm finding a n- whole new section and when you talk about Lil Yachty or even Lil Dicky like Lil Dicky some of them are enjoyable but there's others where I go I don't care for you for the taste is very particular as far as rap in my book true you you brought up Lil Dicky and Lil Dicky I think I think he has grown to a, a different kind of artist where he talks about uh, the simple things in life in such a comedic style that mm-hmm. Just anybody can really relate to it. It's just a, a great feat to see someone take a different tone on rap. Totally. And, like, even in Double that, that, XL. That, that's been his goal from day yeah. one. Like, he even says it in his title track, Professional Rapper, on his Professional Rapper mixtape. It, it has yeah. his resume and everything. It's just, it's, it's just a, it's a great story. Um, he's, he's such a brilliant person for creating such in-depth uh, satire comedies on rap itself and the lifestyle uh even his uh song save that money say that money like the documentary is is brilliant just how Mm -hmm. he's like i'm just gonna do this basically for free and asking people hey can i use this place like yeah i'm trying to create this thing for fun and hi uh i'm i'm little dicky i'm a rapper and (laughs) I, I want it's to create great. a music Watch video. It. Yeah, it's it's a great time. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just a, he's a brilliant artist. Like seeing him and everybody else 
uh, in the double XL class that he was in. It doesn't compare to Little Dicky. No, no, it doesn't. Uh, Little Lil Dicky was the only uh, the Little Dicky and Little Yachty were the only two people in that class, and I was like, wow, y'all could Both probably Lils. do something. They're both small. Little, yeah. little Yachty <laughs> can't freestyle, unfortunately. Literally not, not even at all. No. Not at all. But, like, Little Yachty used to, like, transition, uh, like, f- from uh, music right now into getting more of a pop culture type of feel. He originally wanted to just be an icon. Mm-hmm. And, that's, um, that's, and like, he talks about that in his interviews all the time. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm doing this for the business. I am a businessman, and my business is music. And he's, he's, like, he's like, I'm here to grow my brand, and that's why I'm taking specific commercials that I know will do me well. That's why he's got a clothing line at, oh, I don't remember where it is. Nautica, Target. Is it, Nautica, Nautica, Target. And like the, his most famous one, his Sprite commercial, when he remixes Minnesota to Code Like a Sprite Soda. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. This, it's great. Um, yeah, he talks about being a brand all the time. Like he, he moved to New York City and started to... Uh, dressed in a style that he wanted to be mm-hmm. and to catch somebody's eye. And at 19, it's really impressive that he's done it so quickly and so well. He's younger than me. He's, oh younger, than, he's younger than all of us. I'm broke. Lil Dicky? <laughs> yeah, no, Lil Yachty. Oh. Well, he actually got in trouble for credit card thought. I'm Dude, not right? as yep. old as surprise broke. Um, but yeah. I love music. I do too. What else we got? Okay, we were talking about rap. <laughs> we were, we were talking about rap. listened... Recently listened to Big Sean's newest album. I decided that's a good time. I loved it. I honestly really did. I love when artists like use um, an album to paint a whole story, Whoa. and I felt like he did a really good job. I album. I listened to that album right when it came out. I listened to it the day it came out. And I was like, whoa, what? April? It came out. It came out like, this yeah. year. And uh, I was talking with my buddy, my buddy Owen, back home about it. Shout out, Owen. I love you. Owen's room. Uh, no one's room. I'm wearing an Owen's room T-shirt. Jack and Kev, if they you're listening, they, they can't see this. They can't see this, but I'm repping the Owen's room T-shirt. So, shout, shout out. out to Owen's room. They're a great band. Um, shout out to you. But uh, I, when I listened to it, I, I agreed. I like. I thought it was easily Big Sean's best uh, yeah. outlet, um, and there was a lot of really, really great ideas he had on it. Uh, there were only a couple of things I didn't really like about it. I was like, just having Eminem. As a feature, yeah, is a mistake because yeah. Eminem is one of the goats. Like he will uh, like annihilate you. I was gonna say assimilate, but that's not the right word. He's going to annihilate you. He will annihilate you on a track, and he totally did. Was like I had Big Sean's verse was good. Eminem just is a wordsmith like none other. Yeah. Um, and then I also felt like he. It's kind of similar to what I felt with Lovely Little Lonely when I talked about that last year, last week, the main pop-punk album. It's a good time. I just listened to that, too. It's a good time, but, like, there were a lot of really interesting elements on there that weren't entirely fleshed out. That, like, they could have gone somewhere yeah. really cool, and right when they were about to, it kind of switched back. And I felt like Big Sean did a little bit of the same thing. I thought he was, like, this close to having his own good Kid Mad City. And he was this close and I'm excited to see what he does on his next project if he continues in this path of not just trying to be a commercial artist, but trying to tell something important. Yeah. I think Big Sean could be one of the essential rappers of today because I've always felt that Big Sean's kind of an essential as a rapper. He's had yeah. some cool songs, but he's never really like made a case for me that like I'm here to stay and I'm here to make something interesting. When John said this close, he pinched his fingers together very tightly where there was almost... 
no. not even a centimeter worth of space in between those two fingers. It's like that's like that meme with like the two cars How that are parked really, really, really close yeah. together. Yeah, yeah, basically that. Good meme, solid. It's meme. just like the amount of closeness I am to this mic. It's pretty close. You made the sound bar go I'm kinda, away. I'm kind of close to the mic, and it's really like, fun. I'm um, just to the limits of John. He's kind of sweating on his forehead, and it's kind of entertaining me. Alex, you've got no James. <laughs> you got no James. Shit, man. Dank memes, melt still memes. Um. I'm going to cut all that up, you know? No, you won't. So, like... I'm triggered. <laughs> All of music and music is great. Yeah. Well, we we got to talk about a movie real quick. Yeah, we got we to talk about a movie. got to talk about a movie. It's all transition, right? This, this transition. episode is brought to you by We Have to Talk About Kevin, the movie. Um, Ooh. This movie, okay, so context. They, the two boys, started watching it before I got home last the night. The boys being Alex and I. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm a girl, so. We didn't assume your gender, <laughs> Kylie, but <laughs> now um, we know. Thank you. So sorry. That was super loud. <laughs> Um, but they started watching before I got home, so I missed about half an hour. A little less than, yeah. Yeah, the show, the mo- the show, right, the season the one, episode movie. one, the only season in one episode, is basically just this movie about this kid, it, it just shows, I don't know, his childhood and his adulthood before he shoots up his high school. Um, and it's, oh boy. It, sounds a little triggering. More, more or it's, less, it's the... Uh, <laughs> More or less, it's actually He's the, the so mother's right. perspective of her <laughs> child growing up. Really and funny. even initially, um, she didn't care too much for Kevin at all. Oh, and with his uh, with his trouble growing up as a child, like he didn't want to talk. He he never or like when he was a baby, he never stopped crying. When he was a toddler, he never talked. And so his mother just got frustrated over and over again, and that's just... He also wore diapers until he was 10. Yeah, and purposely made messes in them so that she would have to take care of him. Well, when you're a child and you have a parent who doesn't love you as much as you think you should be loved, like, you're going to have some resentment towards that. That was the most interesting part about that movie was that I haven't watched a movie with such a mother-son disrespect and such a bitterness between the two of them. It was an interesting, you know, unraveling of the story. The most confusing part about it, and I think my least favorite part about it, was that it was going back from, like, him being 16 to him being 9 to 16 to 4 to 16 to 10 to all this stuff. And, like, it was hard to keep track of where it was going. It hops around a whole lot. Yeah. In in my opinion, personally, I I enjoyed that artistic style where um, the transitions were just so clean where, it, like, within the first couple seconds, you didn't know whether it was the present or the past. What was her name? Tilda Swain? And Tilda Swinton. Tilda, Tilda Swinton Starring, and John C. Um, Riley. Yeah, T- Tilda Swinton. John C. Riley and Ezra Miller. Yeah, Ezra Miller. Yeah, uh, it's... The, the artistic <sighs> style of this movie was brilliant, and the way that they utilized um, the visuals um, in the beginning of the movie... Uh, the mother, she is in the, like, there's a tomato fight in a foreign country and wakes up out of this disillusioned dream. And her whole house is just vandalized, painted red. And throughout this whole movie, she's cleaning her house, making it better and repairing it. And 
in the end, you see her restore her child's old room. And in the end of the movie, you finally see her and her child rebuild a connection. There was only one time in the movie where they had a decent connection uh, talking towards one another and actually showing affection when she was caring for him when he was sick. And the the transitions between um, the visits over and over again at the prison to when they were meeting at the end is just is so subtle but it's it's such a change in the movie and if you really take a time to look at the perspectives of how the mother is supposed to react to how she wasn't really ready for it in the beginning it's mm-hmm. brilliant there's a um, there's a very distinct uh, Tilda Swinton who I'm surprised she didn't get an Oscar nom. She got, she got nominated for a Golden Globe for this one, but she didn't get and she she didn't win. Uh, she didn't get nominated for an Oscar either, and I really think she should have. She, I understand why though. I I understand why. It's just because the mo- I I there's not a whole lot of dialogue. There is I mean of course you can base off you can base an Oscar nomination off of just physical appearance and like visual appearance well, in that movie. I mean like the movie The Tree of Life is almost entirely just cinematography and yeah. you know and that, yeah. that like was nominated for a million Oscars and I hate that movie. Ooh, that was a hard T. Hate that movie. It was one of the first movies I ever watched that I truly just disliked. Um, but um, I... There was... The thing that was the most interesting to me about the film is her... The way, the way that I perceived it is that the whole movie, it was her going through her day and then every time... Every, every little while she would stop and she would think back to a decision that she made that might have been influential in Kevin's life and mm-hmm. partially taking blame for the place that he ended up, but then also coming to realize that there are sometimes there are people who are that might just be too far gone and there wasn't anything that you could have done in the first place. There were solid points of symbolism and metaphor mm-hmm. that related from when he was four to when he was 16 that you could easily tell that, oh, this is a day that impacted like the decision he made in his future. Yeah. And of course you bring up the point where some people are too far gone to help and try and save and like help get therapy and sessions and like, you know, um, try and not fix them, but help them to make a better decision for themselves. Yeah. And I think there's a whole point in the movie where this kid from about the age of eight is not very helpable. And most of it is because of what I believe to be the husband's role in the entire thing. John C. John C. Riley's character is the son's favorite. Like he always goes to his dad for happiness and a good, and like a good, family bonding experience and from about the age of eight he starts to learn how to use a bow and I'm like that's it that's where he that's where he can't go back that's it's done for him and through and throughout the movie you can see the son is very uh two-faced between when he reacts to his father talking to him and when he reacts to his uh mother talking to him and as as subtle as it is in the beginning you can just see the underlying like reinforcement of oh this is okay with using a bow and you're doing great at this and just encouraging his progression with learning how to use a bow and doing uh doing more with that and getting better experience ended up costing uh many people at the end yeah it's um it was a super interesting film um 
I, I recommend you watch it. Even like yeah. even if I didn't like wasn't head over heels for it, I definitely think it's something that you should watch just for the sake. I feel of the it. same. I wasn't I wasn't like at the end. I wasn't like wow, what a good movie. It was like oh okay. Artistically, if you just look at the visuals and the, the audio, cinematography was great. Great. It the 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 transitions between each scene are amazing mm-hmm. and. If, if you really grow to appreciate transitions and how they take you back and forth through time, you'll, you would probably understand the movie a little bit more. It's, uh, yeah. It's not just a straightforward movie. Um, you really got to try to connect with it initially. And if you don't, it, it'll be a little bit harder to get back and forth between each time period. Mm-hmm. Uh, Excuse you. Thank you. Segway! <laughs> um... I was just thinking about we were talking about cine- cinematography and visual. Mm. Uh, a really good movie to watch on Netflix, even though the acting is very poor, doesn't 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 matter. Um, this, this it's a movie called The Ten Year Plan, and it is about two gay men who, um, after ten years of being single from the age of twenty to thirty, that if they are still thirty years old, they're going to get married to each other because they're best friends. Um, and it's such an interesting like the acting's not that great. Sound design is not that great. There's not a whole lot of good things about it. But the one thing... <laughs> I only mention this because the cinematography and the camera work in this movie is beautiful. It's gorgeous. And you look at it and you're like, the, the, they took so much time working on the camera quality and what they're doing, filters and saturation. All these great things. Looked so great. But it just comes down to the, also the acting. It's not that great. And other stuff like that. But if you have time, it's about... it's. Hour twenty, so it's not exactly like a That's full not length. Terrible. It's not terrible like length, but it's not like a full length like hour forty minute movie. It it's it's a very concrete plot. There's not a whole lot that tangents off of it. It's pretty solid if you you can guess the ending from the beginning and all this good stuff. It's a great movie. I recommend watching it if you're looking for like just a fun thing to spend the rest of your night with. It's a good time. Talking about great times on Netflix and amazing cinematography. Uh, Take a look at Chef's Table. Um, mm. It is a great introspective look at different chefs in different expertise uh, internationally in the U.S., uh, France, Germany, um, looking about how our, uh, the art- these artistic chefs uh, transformed into uh, just regular chefs and turning to just great pieces of artwork. Like, um, the first episode of Chef's Table, um, this chef, he starts off with a dish, and people are just eating up way too fast. Mm. And he's like, they're not really appreciating the dish for what it is. So he changes that menu item to just giving them six pieces. And the, the critics and everybody just goes crazy because they're like, how dare you take away all this traditional food away from me and give me six individual pieces? And his thought process for this was, I want them to take time to actually enjoy, to taste each one, to give them their own personality, to give them their own individualism that they actually appreciate the piece that they eat. And just thinking about that, just the the artwork behind it, it's just not food. It's, it's, it's him. It's, it's what he wants others to get out of this. Yeah. It's, it's brilliant. 
uh, the sound effects are great with all um, all three seasons I think that are out. Uh, it's it's a great time if you want to just see what's out there and mm-hmm. see what the thought process thought process is for a chef because that's it's a tough job it's a quick job and it's not the easiest especially if you want to keep being on the forefront of culinary experiences yeah uh, one chef like closed his restaurant down for a couple months just to redo everything because he wanted his menu to be a surprise. He wanted to uh, take each menu item and fool you with it. Like, it's 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 a great piece of art. It's, yeah. it's brilliant. I love it. I'm saying it's way too much, I it's, realize, but that's my, eh, that's my stumped trying to think of the next line word. I'm nah, sorry. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Wow, I feel like we've covered everything for media, so we're not, we're not going to kind of transition into some uh, deeper deeper topics, just more general uh, general life topics. Deep talks. <laughs> I thought you were just stretching. I thought yeah, you were stretching was, your leg. I was like, I was like oh, are you okay? Like a, pull a hammy? I, I, yeah. pull, pull, pull a hammy? Like, my, Charlie Horse got my, my calf oh, was yep. getting a little bit cramped, I'll be honest. You ever go but, to bed and you get up at 3 in the morning and your leg is cramping and you sit there and he's like, Ouch! Yep. Um, yeah. No, because no, I'm usually up till 3 a.m., but that's, <laughs> True. A, that's a story for another time, my friends. Um, so, one thing I was thinking about this week. So, this week, uh, I work at AudioBiz Incorporated. We sell a... Uh, I'm congratulating you. Good. Self-trip burps. Um, <laughs> I, yeah! Uh, I... Um, and this week, I, I'm, I'm just the intern, so a lot of times I just sit in the office and I, like, do... I do paperwork, I do computer work. That's great, and that's wonderful. And but, it's, um, it's and paid, though, so it's, that's, I mean, it's that's what matters. And the best thing is, he, he also sends his roommates pretty... Uh, L-I-T snaps. It's Dude. great. It's brilliant. Why do I, I get lit snaps? I will send you lit snaps, then. What the fuck? It's L-I-T snaps. The best one I think I received was him opening up a pop can and saying... Soda. It's soda. soda. I will say pop. You gosh, dang it. we're literally from the same state, and we say it different ways. Wait, I also say drinking fountain. Thank you very you much. I'll also, like, also be wrong. What do you, also what do you say for soda? You say K. I say pop. K. Pop. Don't even say K. Pop. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> but his his most lit snap that he has sent to me is uh, a video of him cracking a pop can. Saying, if I am, if I'm cracking a cold one, am I really with the boys? No, no. If you if you if you crack a cold one, if you if you crack one and the boys aren't around, was it really a cold one? True. Was it in the fridge? It was in the fridge. And it's cold. Okay, yeah. good. And you gotta you gotta feel the can. Yeah, feel the can. I mean, I felt the can. So what what I what I'm getting to is I. <laughs> what are you getting to? Um, Let's get there. One of, one of my one of my job requirements is that I go out with the with the um. With the outs, with the outs, with the outside sales crew, uh, we've got a, we've got people from like Michigan, Wisconsin, and Illinois. We go all over, and uh, ask for forgiveness, not permission. You <laughs> <laughs> didn't hear it. It's uh, fine. It's fine. Um, I, really I, I went out with um, one of our sales members, 
this week, and we went downtown. We went to four different stops, and I like helped give presentations on the new um, Shure GLXD4R Advanced Wireless Systems. Oh yeah, oh yeah, super Casual. sick. They're, they're just amazing. Products. I love that. Buy them from AudioBiz. Sarcasm. CC John Mickle. If you want to buy them, call Beth Mickle. But also, you don't have to because I can't. If you, we're not, we're not retail. That's, <laughs> like, that's her name, right? Yeah, that's, yes, that's my <laughs> Good. It's Joe Mickle too. Yeah, she calls her Joan, and I'm like, no, that's not right. Joe and Beth. Um, and I was out this week, and I was uh, I went to a couple of different, specifically DJ shops, and then I went to the Chicago Music Exchange. Hmm. And if you don't know what the Chicago Music Exchange is, it is a um, massive. Um, music shop in downtown Chicago that is um, two floors and uh, with a one the first floor dedicated entirely to guitars, electric, and acoustic, and the basement dedicated entirely to basses. It's called the basement. <laughs> Play on words. Like two S's. Got it. Yep. Very nice. And the, uh, and the Chicago yes. Drum Exchange, which has which creates drum sets for like um, for Green Day and for the Foo Fighters. Oh, wow! Do you have the time to listen to me, like sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. um, and I went there and I was looking around and I like I I have I have like over the years I've like saved up and bought some equipment that I'm pretty proud of. I have like a, a Mexican Fender Telecaster, and I have a uh, Martin X Triple O E, which are both like mid ranged priced <laughs> guitars and yeah, I'm proud yeah. of them and they sound great and I love playing them but uh, I like walked around and like my both of my guitars they're like in the $600 $700 range and they, I, didn't, I didn't find any of them I was like my guitars aren't even like good enough to be in this store like you can pick up like a $12,000 guitar off the shelf yeah. and just <sighs> play around with it and I'm like that's you know they call the triple O three the ooh three they call that privilege too here we are. It's called working for my money and saving it and then buying it. Yeah. <laughs> all myself. Like rent. Aren't you an intern at your mom's company? This is true. This is true. Hey, but the only thing that matters is that it's a paid internship. It's true. You're and I'm also doing a making... very good job. Thank you very much. Good job. I'm proud of you. Yep. I'm your mom. I'm proud of you. Oh, good. Um, and I was out there and I was like looking at all this stuff. I'm like, man, music is one of the, if not the most expensive hobby out there. Yeah, I think you're right. And like, I was like trying to think of other ones that might stack up. I'm like, even computers, like you can make a really, really solid, like especially like, for like gaming rigs, you can build a really, really solid PC for like 500 bucks. Yeah. With like, with music, if you want to buy some decent gear, if you want to like start recording, you need a guitar, you need an amp, you need a microphone, you need cables, you need a, probably a MacBook, a laptop to be able to plug stuff into, you need the software on said laptop, and you need the experience and the know-how, which could take class, which might end up being classes at college, which you have to pay for. So all of it just accumulates, and it's so expensive. I'm like looking around at these incredible guitars, and I'm like, maybe, maybe one day I'll own one of these. I think maybe. I think a more expensive hobby might be stamp collecting. Oh boy. I mean, you're wrong. A real expensive hobby that I learned from the Fifty Shades of Grey trilogy would be gliding. It's where you you have to get a private plane to fly up, and then it detaches this thin, like capsule that just goes gliding through the air. 
it's crazy. So that's that would expensive. be a little, little more. But that's like that's more of a very much that's upper very class, super high end. <laughs> like, but music well, is something that ever CEOs. So it's you like know. I'm a glider in my. If you also time. want to take um, uh, some good time on the YouTube, um, look at Two Chains, looking at most expensive shit. Yeah, like that's what it, that's what it's called, and it's he tries most expensive water, most expensive popcorn. It's crazy. He enjoys it. He gives a little spiel about how he feels. Um, but then you'll just feel really poor at the end. But it's really interesting to watch. Gonna swing it back to John's whole thing about music. I think you talk about how music is one of the most expensive like pastimes in the the world. Mm. But also, it's one of the most universal universal languages. True, and that's like, the, and, the, and then that, and that's then, why it parallels with being so so expensive. Is because if you want a good product and to be able to spread your message about other people around you, you have to be at your best quality. You can't you can't just like strum in a uke for twenty minutes and be like. Perfect. But the, Everyone's gonna love me. The issue, you know? is, the issue is that you can. Yeah. But it makes. But but know? but but like getting into music can be really really difficult it's because of those higher price tags. Especially like if you want to if you want to start out with some decent gear. Like I, I when I when I worked at Guitar Center, you know, I sold I sold guitars and I sold drums. And whenever someone was coming to pick up an acoustic guitar, I would be like, don't don't buy an acoustic guitar or an electric guitar under like two hundred dollars or under just don't do it they're cheaply made they don't sound very good they won't last you for the time that you need if you can splurge on a little bit more to buy a a, a seagull or like a portable like one of the, um, the smaller like the three-quarter sized martins it'll last you for a lot longer but then you're also paying an extra 150 bucks just to get something that you can learn on that will last the time you need to learn on it and it makes it's it's it, and, you know, music is a universal language. Everyone listens to music. Everyone talks about music. Music is currently, I argue, the most prominent piece of pop culture we have. And the fact that it's so difficult to get into just for, on the sake of money is really frustrating. Like, I, like the, the, the gear that I'm using right now is the gear that I'm borrowing, that, I, that I'm able to be renting and lending from AudioBiz because I work there and they're like, we want you to be able to take this time to learn about the gear that we sell and go home and use it for yourself because we know you know how to use it and we know that you need, yeah. like, you want experience so that you'll be able to sell it later. And I'm like, okay, cool. So the gear that I'm using right now, I couldn't afford in some of my wildest dreams. And like with that, like we were also able to utilize uh, John's wonderful equipment to uh, produce some amazing sound mm -hmm. for a play that we're producing at UW Whitewater called Poe Times Two, which Nathan is actually uh, one of the main actors. For. That's me. And it, and then, but like without this name. equipment, we might have been just Wrong. out of luck. Like for like a good portion of my sound cues, like that I was building for the show, like I was recording from my phone. Yeah. And my phone's mic isn't strong enough to. It's not good. Phone mics are not good. No, they <laughs> they 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 take in all this white noise, and you have to adjust it. They're on super compressed, and band. you can't adjust the gain or the levels or yeah, anything. Yeah, exactly. They're 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 not good. And like without this stuff, we like wouldn't have been able to do a basic project. Mm -hmm. And, and, like, if we wanted to get a decent microphone that, like, we could just throw on, like, you know, the Shure MV51 is, like, is the one that I would go for originally because I've used that in the past. 
but that's like $200, like right out of pocket, just mm-hmm. to be able to plug it into your computer and go. Yeah. And that's like some of the cheapest end stuff that's durable and good. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just, it's, it's really frustrating to me that like the, one of the, like the universal language of the world is something that can be so expensive and so inaccessible to get into yeah. just guess, by sheer price point. I guess it depends on your definition of getting into it. Because anyone, you can just like sing a cappella or make music with instruments that you create mm-hmm. yourself and stuff. It depends on like, what you see as getting into music and getting into things. Because Cause, you, cause if the point is, oh, I want to do this because I just want to create something for me because I like music like you don't necessarily need expensive equipment to get into it but just like the accumulation of all the equipment you need okay so like just like let's just say for example you wrote a song on the ukulele that you want to record for yourself and if you want it to sound anything okay well first you need the ukulele and um, Jack, good. <laughs> first you need first that, step. and like you can get a you can get a ukulele that's like really kind of crappy for like thirty bucks. Like if you like, and that's fine. You can just tune it so that it makes it sounds good for the track. But um, and then you would need a microphone, mm-hmm. and then that like you could just get a Shure SM58, but that's still a hundred dollars, and that's one of the cheapest end yeah. microphones you can get. That still will last you some time and then you need the cabling for it and that's another 12 bucks and then you need a computer and if you don't already have a computer you would have to buy that computer in order to record it and then you need to be able you to need the, like the right computer that has the um, programs that can actually function sound equipment too and if you and if you don't have uh, a Mac you know GarageBand is free but that's and that's great but like getting a Mac itself if you're getting a new Mac it's like $1,300 out your pocket and then you'd also need um if you're using an SM58, you would need a, a USB system that you would like a, a preamp that you would plug in your microphone to into the computer so that it feeds it as a USB and that like a good like a just like a single solo like a um, Focusrite Scarlett solo is 150 bucks. So you gotta get that. You gotta plug it into the computer and then if you want to like be able to do some more with it, you could just you could use GarageBand, but you have to get all of those things and like that just in order to make one track that nobody could ever hear. And like, uh, or you could just record a video on your phone. People, do. <laughs> if you're doing it for you, you know what I mean. Like yeah. You okay, you know that's true. So like that's the kind of argument that I'm making. Like if there's like getting the equipment to like actually produce it. Like if you want to produce music, mm-hmm. is very expensive. But if you're just like making music for the sake of making music, it doesn't have to be. That's true. What okay. do you? So you you are part of Game Boys, right? Of and course. you've done um, a bunch of. Great things with Game Boys. Good thank albums. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you, thank you. Wonderful. Doing me a fry and JFK. Good stuff. John F. Kennedy, rip, shot in that. Just in King. Anyways, it's like, talking about how expensive it is, but how expensive was it to make your two albums for Game Boys? Because I don't presume it was a whole lot. Well, I mean, you have the software, don't you? I do have the software, but I had to get the laptop first. And that was $600. And so, just in order to, in order to make the album that I wanted to make, it was six hundred dollars because because okay. I, I did I did all of the first album in um, GarageBand, and I did most of the second album in GarageBand, and then I swapped over over to Logic recently. And uh, why did you switch over? Uh, GarageBand, you know, it's free, and he hates it. No, <laughs> GarageBand. <laughs> GarageBand is an incredibly it's the most solid 
um, free music program that's out there. It's super accessible. It's incredibly powerful for being free. Um, uh, the reason why I switched over is because I don't have the money to buy synthesizers, like Fair. physical synthesizers. Fair. And um, the ones that were in GarageBand, they were good and they were quality, and even all of those are even in uh, are even in Logic. But um, I I was needing new sounds because there's such a limited selection, and I wanted to be able to master my tracks as well, just by my own ears, because I, I don't know how to officially master tracks. But I do know how to mix. Right. Um, and so the reason why I switched over uh, is because Logic is more powerful. It's it is the same. It's the same user interface with just the more complicated systems that a professional would use. Like the P. Like, um, I can't remember who produced Adele's Twenty One and Twenty Five. They use Logic. And even Logic is only 200 bucks, like, compared to, like, um, Studio One, which is, like, uh, 300 or if you want to get all of Ableton done, that's, like, $700, or uh, FL Studio, that's, like, $300. Um, Logic is on the cheaper end, and it is, you get so much more than what you pay for. Um, and I switched over because I already knew the system. I already mm -hmm. knew GarageBand. Yeah. GarageBand and Logic function... Very similarly. In the essentials the same way. Um, but uh, Logic just had a whole lot more to it. I can mm -hmm. also... There's mm -hmm. a whole, like, um, orchestra film section of Logic where you can I can, like, score movies if I wanted to with just the software on the laptop, which is great. Have you looked into utilizing QLab at all? Um, I've used QLab in the past. Uh, but I haven't needed to use QLab for myself. Mm -hmm. That's mainly theatrical production. That, that, that's more of a, that's specifically a theatrical thing. Yeah. You, you, you but can't you can really... also utilize like sound stuff or uh, video stuff now too. What about Audacity? I didn't like Audacity when mm. I tried it. I didn't like the look of the. To, to me, like uh, it's uh, Logic and GarageBand are also very aesthetically pleasing. Just mm -hmm. like the way, like you know, you can see my laptop has got a really really nice clean feel to it. Um, and Audacity is just like. It looks like it was made in... Uh, like, it just looks like it came from, like, Windows XP. And it's like... Because, I, mean, I, I mean, it's been around for, like, a super long time, and it's just, like... It's just white, and it's boring, and Racist. it's... To me, it's, <sighs> it's... For me, it's not all that... It wasn't intuitive to use when I, <laughs> when, I, when I went through it, and it was hard, it was hard to learn because not everything wasn't clearly marked. Yeah. And, like, for me, like, first sound designing for my first, like, uh, sound designing for my first show, like, using, utilizing GarageBand was awesome. It, it, was, and it, it was, was super simple. It, it was, was simple. Quick. It was easy to use. And, like, if I needed to know how to utilize something, there was millions, or not millions, but there was, like... Well, tons uh, of stuff online that's yeah. going to help you. Yes. Um, it's got a really, it's got, it's got a huge, uh, I mean, Apple is one of the biggest tech companies in the world and they back up their stuff really, really well. They either there are guides built into GarageBand like, hey, you want to learn how to do this? Just click here. Yeah. We'll show you how to do it. Yeah. And it's super and and like logic is the same way. Uh, and it, logic assumes you already have the like the uh, like the mental basics of recording down. So it kind of just like skips over that. But um 
yeah, Logic is super powerful, yeah. and I like it a whole lot. And I'm uh, currently working on another Game Boy track, probably yeah. going to release it as a single within the next month or two. Nice, what else you got to talk about? Yeah, I would um, enjoy that. Yeah, it's a good time. It's yeah, a good time. cool. Yeah. What else we got to talk dope. about? Uh, do, dope, we, dope, do we want to talk about the, um, the Blackpink track? We never yeah, really let's do it. Sure. So we're going to, we're going to, it's, it's fine. We're going to, we're going to cut back. Uh, this is going to be our last topic for the night. We're going to cut sure? back to, um, That's not true at all. It, <laughs> you wait. Honestly, it probably should be because we're, we've already gone another 20 minutes over what we did last week. So that's fine. Um, it's just that we're better than last week. Conversation is fun. Just okay. kidding. We have twice as many people. It's, we're not better than well, the original Game Boys. We ha- nobody's better than any other person. We're all individual. Oh, we all have our own personality. Or our, our, our own so agenda. Like Blackpink had a Anyways. song called As If It Was Your Last. Okay, Black so quick, 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 uh, quick context. Blackpink is K-pop. a uh, is a K-pop group. Just premiered last year, 2015. Last whatever. 2016. Was 2016? So last year they premiered Very last recent. year, and they had too many albums. Too many albums and uh, four all, songs in total. Uh, five songs. Uh, four one was four one was an acoustic remix, mm-hmm. um, and all of the tracks were stellar. They were really great. They uh, they did something to me kind of similar to what BTS did when they came into the uh, K-pop scene. Listen to them; they're great. They're they're great, and that and that um, those two albums are really really good. And they're really varied, and they're really dynamic. And people are like, "Wow, Blackpink has a lot of potential." And in Korea, when you uh, when you return from your previous records to go on tour and to create a new album, you do what is called a comeback. And uh, that comeback usually comes with a single, if not an EP. And Blackpink released a single, and it's called... Um, as If It's Your Last. As If It's Your Last. Yeah. And uh, and it came with a video that was... The, the video is Great. Really, really cool. It's shot really, really well. Honestly, the budget's in Korea. I don't know. Everything's done very well. Okay, but you can... They earned it, though. They totally earned it. They earned, they earned everything that they spent. Blackpink blows um, my mind because... I don't know any other group that just drops four songs and blew up the way they did. They won, yeah. like, Rookie of the Year, and they went crazy. And I think it's because they're hitting this really um, unique spot in girl groups in Korea because a lot of girl groups are the bubblegum, pop, shit. And, like, just to have this very particular flavor. And the last group that really was... Because Blackpink, like, has it a little bit... But they're also, I would say, more similar to boy groups yeah. Yeah. in their style and approach. And the last group that did that was 4-Minute, which disbanded in the in 2016. Mm-hmm. So, like, Blackpink is, like, swooping in and hitting that spot. And they also have a big record label behind them. When we talk about, when we, when we talk about the song as a actual song, Blackpink's other songs were generically very different than anything that I've ever heard before. Like a lot of their a lot of their technology and what they've used in their songs was super different, but when it came to this song, it was what I felt to be a generic just K-pop beat. It was it was there wasn't a whole lot behind it. There wasn't anything new or interesting about it. It was that kind of similar like one and three bass bump with the two and four treble hit on top of it. 
And to me, it sounded like it was just like the the boom, 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 K-pop. Yeah, K-pop. Oh, it's, dance, it's, dance. Yeah, to me, it sounded like like the chorus specifically sounded like like if you were uh, if someone had any reference to what K-pop was like, but wasn't like into them. Yeah, that's exactly what would be playing through their heads. It's like it's it's like super. It's it's kind of it's kind of dreamy. It's almost a little like anime end credity. And it I, sounded cheesy to me. It sounded it sounded not like Blackpink. Yeah, and that's what bothered. I mean, I'm like they've only got four tracks, and I guess that um, this, that might not be enough to reference on what Blackpink should be. But like they they, they their sound promised something much more interesting than what this track right. to me if seems you, like. If you base it on what they've done before, this is different than what they have done before in their career at Blackpink. Yeah, which would also make it to that comment of, wow, this is so different than what they've done before in their entire, you know, their entire togetherness yeah. is Blackpink, and it's so it's new and so here. interesting. Yeah. But, like, if anybody listens to a bunch of Korean pop, it'd be like, well, this is what I've heard from this, 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 and this band. I yeah. would say it's definitely more typical of, like, a girl group yeah. song. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say, it, sounds, um, it sounded very girl group Yeah, because I listen which I hate to... to say, but, Quite a bit of K-pop. Mm. Like I <laughs> stand. Quite Kylie listens to more K-pop than yeah, I'm a little. I'm a little deeper into the rabbit hole. Um, but That's I fine. think I think it was a good song in the point that they came out with it and they broke records. And it, I don't think it'll be the best song on their album. It like won't. I, I really like they so. haven't released any album information. We don't know if it's going to be a mini album or a full length album or, or if even this is just a, a single. single. Like no one knows. And they drop this and like the world is shook because yeah. like Blackpink is back. Most video, and most YouTube video. I feel like in, a day. in my opinion, it was a good like intro song. Like here we are coming back because it piqued your interest or reminded you. Yeah. And I feel like the next thing they're going to drop is going to blow everyone's mind. I think for, I think for a business standpoint, I think it was a smart move. Yeah. But just artistically, it just didn't satisfy me very much. I think the video was... The video was definitely a high point. Satisfying enough. Honestly. Like, I definitely like the video more than the song. I don't, like, dislike the song. I think it's a good bop. Yeah. Um, but I, it wouldn't be, like, one of my favorite K-pop songs, but I definitely... It's in my K-pop jams playlist, so, like, yeah. it made it to that level. But I loved the video, and I especially loved the fashion they applied. Yes. It was very... It was similar in fashion to me, to NCT 127, that just kind of, like, a little more crazy fashion. And I, it was very different than a lot of girl group fashion, which yeah. is normally, like, how little of clothes can we put on these girls to make them dance versus, like, let's actually explore fashion and expression through yeah. what they were wearing. Um, and something else that... Something else that is interesting to note about the entire thing, you mentioned how this song could just pique interest. Just seeing Blackpink as if it as if it's your last on my YouTube like notifications was like oh, they're back I here was, they are I here was they are stoked. like they're ready and now I'm waiting for like a nine song album where it's just this one which just slowly progresses into more and more innovative, just full sound. That's what I'm. That's super super, that's exciting. What I'm, that's what I'm super hoping. For. Because now I'm I'm wanting more. Mm-hmm. Not like the song didn't satisfy me. I mean, it kind of didn't. Yeah. It was just like like I said, the, the generic K-pop beat. But like now I'm waiting for number two, and number three, and four, and five, and something else. If they provide it. If if their intention was to release this track to peak interest, 
I they think did, they did a, a job. fantastic job. They did a great job. Just for me as a track, I'm like, eh. If it's just that I'm right, song. I'm not huge into this. If it's just that song, I wouldn't listen to them much anymore. Yeah, I don't. I, <laughs> I'm here yeah, for K-pop. Yeah, you're great. If we want to talk about more K-pop that got dropped this week. Sure, um, go for it. I mean, we want we want to have to go for it. Yeah, go for G, it. G Dragon, who's G-Dragon. part of the group. Oh, the thorn with the part of Big Bang. Right. I'm very interested in their display of masculinity. But um G Dragon, he dropped a new song called Bullshit. And it is great. Huh. It is a great song. I highly recommend it. Is it in English? It. That's the title of it? Is it in English? Yeah. Oh, wow. A lot of K-pop, their songs are, the titles are Yeah. I've never been, I've never been a huge G-Dragon fan. Um, I've, I've heard a lot of comments in, like, YouTube videos. It's like, dude, G-Dragon is a Korean Eminem. I'm like, ooh, no. I'm no, sorry. No, 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 no. I would say, so I would call him the Korean Lady Gaga. Or David Bowie, almost. Yeah, I've, um, He's a I've been watching two. more music videos of um, Big Bang, which is the group G-Dragon is a part of. Yeah. And I'm so intrigued by how they display masculinity. I think it's a really cool topic to explore in K-pop yeah. because they display it with emphasis on femininity. But um, Big Bang goes so over the top, like it's this hyper masculine, like they shoot off guns and ride an ATV. Yeah. Like I'm totally a dude. The generic male masculine. But then, but then you'll do. get a clip of like G Dragon wearing glitter all over yeah. his face, or like very emphasized makeup and colorful long hair and stuff that's very feminine. So it almost like makes the feminine things appear masculine because of how far they're taking masculinity in their videos. So I don't know. I just yeah. think they do a very interesting job of displaying masculinity. And I think BTS does a good job of that as well. Like you, you see, because um, they they are the first K-pop group to go to the BBMAs and, and win something and win all something. in one swoop. And and it was just you know you. I've watched many a video of just sections of the BBMA audience reacting to them winning, and you you never expect to see people in America, unbeknownst to you, rise out of their seats and just start applauding and screaming for them. Yeah. And even I watched it at home with my parents, and my mom goes, and I paused it, and I was like, Mom, real quick, these are my favorite, this is my favorite band right now, like, these are the seven people, here are their names and this stuff, and she goes... Well, that that guy on the left and the guy towards the far side looked like females, and I was like, "Well, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. just how that's the physical was appearance." Was Jimin? She she pointed out Jungkook and Jimin, and she said these two look kind of like females, and Jesus. I and I said, "Well, uh, honestly, it's based on <laughs> physical appearance and like the you, culture over there is so much different, though. It's super, yeah. super different. Yeah." But it's like it's more acceptable yeah. to be like that. I yeah. love how they. I love how BTS explores male feminism. And even even something that I love to look at as is just pictures of their fashion. Mm. Like right now, I I keep fluctuating between seven or eight different pictures from my laptop background of just different photo shoots that they, that they've had. Mm-hmm. Like I currently have one of them in their pajamas, but it's like these super illustrious, elegant cloths and beautiful like. Sandals and moccasins, and their hair is done perfectly. And I'm like, this is, this is, I'm in love. Like this, this is beautiful. And when someone that I don't know asks me what BTS looks like and what they're about, I show them. I believe I show them. Oh, I want to say I show them fire a lot. I show them fire. I show them dope, and I show them war of hormone. I'm like sweat and tears. I'm like these three. I'm like these three videos are 
kind of like how they've evolved into this. I don't want to show them blood, sweat, and tears because that's, that's like the peak. That's like if you're ready, watch this because you're I going to enjoy it very today. much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not today. But like, my go-to. and then like, because okay, my parents are very sheltered in the music enterprise. Like, my mom's favorite artist is like seventy. Like, they don't listen to anything current. They don't listen to like radio. No. They yeah. And when they ask me like, oh, what is what does BTS stand for? Like, what is I've never heard of. In, I've, never, I've never heard of like of an international band be so popular in America. I show them pictures and I show them videos and just snapshots of like my bias. Jin, shout out to Jin. Jin. Oh, God, Kim Sung Jin. <sighs> um, and like I said, they're watching this, the BBMAs and they're just. You see them go on stage and give this speech at Rap Monsters Flute in English. And my mom goes, how is that How is that possible? Like, how can this 24-year-old know how to speak English fluently? Because they're more Watch educated friends. and they have he, a he better education system English. than we do in America. He literally taught himself English, though. Like, it wasn't even in yeah. a, it wasn't a class. He taught himself and then he watched Friends. He watched Friends, yeah. To teach himself. And it's just, it's, I love the, um, I want to say flexibility, but it's the assimilation of music genres between America and other countries because like now I'm listening to a French artist called Stromae I don't know if you guys have heard of him um, Stromae is probably the most famous French artist right now probably for the past three years or so he's got some great songs I recommend everybody listens to him he's got songs like Tous la même means all the same and um, it's basically him assuming that a woman a female and a male persona the entire music video is how a man in the world works and how a woman how a woman in the world works. And it's so interesting because, like, you think it'd be sexist, but it's absolutely not. Like, it's just, like... Because the music video starts as, like, the morning after a one-night stand. Wow. And he takes, like, the female's pers- pers- personification of going into the bathroom, fixing herself, and, like, going into the kitchen. Because she lives there, making breakfast, like, seeing if the guy's going to stay. But then, like, as soon as she gets in the kitchen, he assumes a guy's role and immediately like, walks in the family room, like, just, like, picks up stuff, whatever he wants, eats whatever he wants, doesn't even acknowledge the woman's there. And it's, like, this is very influential, and I can get behind it, absolutely. He also has one called um, Papa Ute, which I found through Pentatonix's cover of Papa Ute by Stromae. And um, Papa Ute stands for Dad, Where Are You? And Ooh. yeah, um, Spoop. I'm I haven't looked into him that much, but I'm guessing his dad left his family at a very early age, and he was always wondering like, where is my dad? Where am I going to ever like find inspiration to be an adult male in my world? And it's just such. I, I, there's so many good themes and messages behind him, and it's also the fact of America to France, France to another country, Korea to America, and all these countries are slowly beginning to mix, you know, songs. Avril and Sequoia's are America and Spain combined together to make a beautiful album. Listen to it. It's amazing what music has done. Universal language, and you talk about how it's expensive, and, like, everything that you want to use to make music is expensive, but as I've seen from these four or five artists that I'm currently listening to on my type, on my playlist called Basically Everything I Like, listen to it, it's... It's follow it. Follow, it, follow me. Look at me on Spotify. At me. Um, it's it's been such a great experience to follow music and find a new taste for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's personally made me more, you know, less stressed. I find less stress 
when I'm listening to music that I enjoy, or just sitting in my family room as I'm currently doing. I mean, not listening to music currently, but like if I sit in here and just be like, you know, play. Yeah, it's like. Let's go sing music for you. So oh, good. Just like, oh, you know, like play Panic at the Disco or play Stromae <laughs> this. And that that kind of goes perfectly well with the beginning of our discussion here with just talking about how great music is and how no matter what language you speak you can appreciate all kinds of it no matter what type it is yeah like two of the albums i listened to this week that i talked about one's from new zealand one's from australia yeah like we even get where we're even reaching all the way over there and i was talking to my family recently i was talking to them about the bbmas and i was like guys BTS nominated for BBMAs and they're gonna take it. They're absolutely gonna win. There was no doubt they were going to. And they're like, okay, so? I was like, so? Look at this. This is a huge moment for music in the world. This this, this is the first K-pop, this is the first Korean group, not just K-pop, the first Korean group to ever be nominated for BBMAs. Technically, I mean, they're the first group, but Psy won a Psy. more music award for Gundam Style. Oh, that's true. So, like, true. they're the first K-pop group, but not the first K-pop, like, artist. Oh, I forgot artist. about that. You're right. Uh, just, first, yeah, I forgot about to, like, Psy. Fully oh, yeah. True. No, thank you. Psy, what a good time. Yeah, he's a, he's he just dropped a new album, or it's he's dropping one soon. It's also very interesting. Really? He's super good. He, um, he either did recently or is dropping a new okay. one soon. He, uh, I'm going to listen to that uh, completely. So, that you know, they're the first K-pop group to be in uh, to win one and to be invited to the BBMAs and then they won it mm-hmm. and that and like they met a whole bunch of people there and it's like uh, to me like to me like this starts the building blocks of a bridge like a musical bridge between America and Asia mm-hmm. because now uh, also the production group 88 Rising just signed on um, Rich Chiga who is one of my favorite rappers, uh, who is from Indonesia, who speaks English. Yeah. He learned from um, he learned from listening to rap music, and he learned on an online class. And then also the uh, the the Way Brothers, who are um, who are a Chinese duo that uh, have blown up over here as well. And so I think that this has started to build a bridge, and people have started to pique interest and in like, hmm. What kind of music is going on in other countries? Yeah. And, I, and I think this new Lord album also is going to help with that because Lord a lot of people like because I, I feel like a lot of people forget that Lord is New Zealand through and through. Yeah, like, like she talks about it all the time in her music and in her daily life, and like she like well even Ed Sheeran too. And Ed Sheeran, Ed Sheeran is, is British. He's he's Irish. Yeah. Or, he's Irish. He's Irish. Something. Irish. He's something. I don't red hair. I don't know. I, think, I don't. Remember. I think he's from England. Probably. But we I think he's from England. He said he backpacked across Europe, so I think that might have been one of the things. I think he's thinking. from England. Pretty no. sure he's from Guys, we have phones. Let's just England. So Let's just Google, Google this. Oh, you, you talk to about. Throw it back to the Blackpink new song. Um, that also, though. Lisa's like that. verse is all in English. Yep. Like, she raps completely in English. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, because. Yeah, all four members of Blackpink are fluent in English. That's so And Korean. Man. And I, I want to say Japanese. I want say too. A, at least a couple are fluent in Japanese. And then Lisa's from Taiwan, so she's also fluent. Right. So impressive. Just going back a little bit, Ed, uh, Ed Sheeran is, was born in Halifax, West Yorkshire. So that's in uh, Wales or England. Great. That's Wales. 
You, you talk about... I don't know. I was just there two weeks ago, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's well. You, you talk about music and, like, the different countries and, peop- and where they, people have surfaced from. Um, you know, y- y- you're okay with getting, like, kind of deep, you know? Of course. Um, a lot of music that I surface from is trying to help me with my depression. Uh, I don't let a lot of people know about it, but I've had a pretty deep depression since I was about sophomore in high school, and it, mainly, and it mainly stemmed from the fact that nobody wanted to talk to me, or I didn't have many friends, and when I'd go home, my parents wouldn't be home, and no one would be around for me to you know interact with besides a cat or a dog. And a lot of my life surfaced into sitting in my room by myself in silent air doing homework and going to bed at like 8 p.m. Didn't have a whole lot of life outside of my room, and when I'd go to school or I'd be in theater after school, it wouldn't be a whole lot of social interaction. And a lot of that stemmed from not finding music, what I believe. So, like, as I slowly, you know, found more music, like Stromae and BTS and Pentatonix and Avi by himself and Panic! the Disco, and even, like, Gregory Porter, who has such influential and thematic music, um, that depression has slowly been, you know, carried away. I mean, I know that I know that some people believe that depression is healed by other things besides, you know, music and just talking through it and therapy and stuff. But I never thought that, you know, going to see somebody and talking about it would make me feel any better rather than sitting, listening to music with headphones that no one else could hear me and I couldn't hear anybody else besides what I want to listen to would help me. Just like repairing your own mental... Like if I sit in my room by myself with my laptop at my desk, no one... I mean, even if... Everyone, even if people are around me, surrounded around me, you know, having a good time, just like relaxing, having having a good conversation about whatever they want. I don't care. But if I'm feeling in, I'm, if I'm feeling a depression or like that anxiety, social stress, since I'm socially awkward for not a good reason, like I, there are some points where I su- I, I struggle to make even a complete sentence and rush through it because I'm scared someone's going to judge me based on what I say immediately out of my mouth. And so if I sit in my room with headphones, I can't hear anybody around me, and I turn on, you know, like, Awake, or Awake by BTS, or Papa Ute by Stromae, or anything, literally anything by Panic! at the Disco or Pentatonix, I, like, it feels so psychologically relieving for me to hear that and be like, okay, I know the message by this, things are great, like, because even now I have a good surface of friends around me who, I mean, I, I even so much to say a great concrete surface of friends around me like you guys in the room people who live a mile away or 20 miles away will come and support me if I say I need your help because it's like it's it's, there's a lot of friends that have my back as 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 much as music has also been able to help me Mm -hmm. Um, that music for me like you know you talk about how it kind of helps with your depression for me it's more I don't know why this is the only, like, example that kind of comes to my mind, but it's 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 almost like an oil change for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like, especially when I listen to new stuff. And I, like, when I listen to new stuff, I... It, it's like I put on a backpack and I, like, hike around the, like, the the edges of my mind. Yeah. So being able to, like, like, making a map of, like, what I like and what I don't and why I like it and why I don't. And so, like, when I listen to things and I understand them more, when I listen to this art... And I understand 
things from other people's point of view, I can like build structures in my mind as to how that how to relate to other people based yeah. on these experiences, as well as understanding myself further by understanding my tastes and my yeah. and why I have said tastes. Yeah, yeah. And it's even so far as to think about how you know social anxiety is. People don't really notice it that much, mm-hmm. and it's an actual disorder. And oh, yeah. I've been an advocate for this disorder for a while now, given speeches to classes and just peers who want to know about social anxiety. And you, you one of the easiest solutions... I shouldn't say easiest, because that's pretty offensive. But, like, one of the most popular solutions or tricks or strategies to help you with social anxiety is to bring up, like, what are your favorite bands? What mm-hmm. songs do you listen to? Absolutely. Because people that I don't meet before, like, I... I was in a mall a month ago before I came into Whitewater to live here. Like, I was in a mall walking and I saw somebody wearing a Suga shirt. That, like, the exact same one that I have for Jin, but it's Suga and his birth year. And, I still and, need that, by the way. I still and, need that. And part of, part of me was like, I can't talk to them. I'm going to be too nervous. I can't do it. But the other part of me made me go over and be like, you like Suga from BTS? I, I, like, I love Jin. We had a 10-minute conversation in the mall just because because I said, you like Suga, I like Jin. That's sick, man. And it's... Love that. Yeah. And when, when you walk away from that conversation, I walk away and I go, okay, great. Like, I just made a friend who I'll never talk to again, but it also made me feel better and more proficient in my social anxiety and my ability to make a conversation with anybody. It's a self-confidence. And sure. even... Like you did it. Yeah. Yeah. Self-confidence is also a huge thing. Like, I will not do something by myself unless I know absolutely sure that I'm going to do the right thing. Yep. Yeah. I ask too many questions too often, and I feel like sometimes I annoy people by it. And I'll let somebody else take the lead just so that I don't feel like I'm doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. I can, like, you know, be a part of the team. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> like, I was part of, like, this dance um, production at our university... And there were many points of it where I sound designed for it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not a too terribly hard job of mixing the sound and getting it into QLab to get it to the stage for production. But part of me was like, I need to ask people who've done it before these, these, these questions. And I sat in this booth and I thought to myself, no, 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 you're going to sit here and do it by yourself because when you learn by yourself, you're going to keep it in your brain for as long as you possibly can. Absolutely. And that's what I did. I learned, and I still know almost all of it from what I've, you know, ever worked with. Mm-hmm. And it was a, it was a great show. Like yeah. the way you. that you uh, helped the transitions between each piece were great. Yeah, thank like, you. You did a wonderful job for your first piece. Thank you. And it's it's stuff like that where you hear people go, "Wow, I I loved this," and "Wow, this was mm-hmm. so great." Like he did such a good job. Where it's like that huge stress that circulates in my head is just relieved. And I feel that same pressure right now with Poe. Like... Yeah. And with your your first tech done, Oh, like, my God. I you, you crushed it. You did a great job. I can't tell you how excited I am to beat over that tech. But, like, if people don't know what Poe is, it is two men who are by themselves for an act. It's a half an hour for each of us. Approximately. Probably twenty, closer to 25 minutes. But the work that has been done for this show is so intensive and so demanding of our physical and mental stabilities where I go home and you guys will ask me how was rehearsal and I just, I'm tired. Yeah. It's been so stressful, so, you know, aggravating, 
Emotionally draining. Emotionally draining, mentally draining, because mm-hmm. Ethan and I both had to memorize about 14 pages of lines, and each one has about five paragraphs per page. So it's like th- there's so much stuff that goes into my head about this show that I have to keep here until, you know, next Saturday, a week yeah. from today, where the show's over. But, like, and then it comes down to a new director that I haven't acted under before, mm-hmm. who is a fantastic director. Everything she's doing is helping me in that, in that way. But most rehearsals, most rehearsals, like, before we leave, I go, like, I, I talk to her, and I'm like, I don't feel like I'm in a good spot. Like, I don't uh-huh. feel confident with where I am. I want to ask you so many questions to get things clarified. And she goes, relax. You are doing way better than you, than you think you are. The only thing you have to do is X. And I'm like, okay, I can do that one thing and make it better and hope you're happy. And the way you've grown yeah. so far from what I've seen you acted before... Uh-huh. To now is just amazing. Memorizing those pages has been the worst part of my life. But you've come so far. <laughs> it's been and such a fun time. The next great step for you is to have a live audience. Yeah. And that's I'm what ready. you really need. That's, I'm ready. Like, you, you've done the rehearsing. You are set on memorization. Um, the next it just comes is, to slowing down. It, it comes to feeling how the audience connects with your character and yeah. how, you, how you portray that. And... From what I've seen at the tech rehearsal, it's been fantastic. And I, yeah. I obviously, I, I can't wait to see what happens. I'm very excited for having an actual audience and being able to watch it. Uh-huh. Um, but I think this show, and everyone in this room has been working on this show very intensely. Um, I believe this show will go down in my personal history as probably the most intensive, probably most satisfying work I've ever done in my life. Absolutely. And it's, it's such a different experience because last show I was in was Putnam County Spelling Bee where I was like, oh man, I have 200 lines. I have so many things to be on top of, on, like, on top of my game and I have to be so concrete with where I am, what I'm doing. Plus improvisation with live audience members is also a hard thing. Mm-hmm. And going from Putnam to now where the intention was on, you know, I wasn't a lead character in Putnam. Even though every character in that show has their impact and is very is very statued in the show's progression of plot. Uh-huh. But, like, being the vice principal, like, there were so many, like, kids, quote-unquote kids in that show, that were way more important than the vice principal who gave them their word. And you like, know, and, and then going from, your word is blank, definition, here's language of origin, and then throwing in some improv to make it comedic and, like, you know, very interactive with the audience, which I believe from my experience of hearing back from people, was a very, well, finally done job. Mm-hmm. Going to Poe, where the only attention is going to be on me and nothing else will be on the stage besides me, was just a huge load on my shoulders. And the first thought I had in my brain was, nope, I can't do it. I gotta tell Angela that I can't do it. Like, this is, there's no way that you can watch me for half an hour and not break down and not, you know, just collapse on the stage and be like, I can't do it, I give up. Mm-hmm. But the constant support from stage managers and directors and even designers and the crew that I work with nine to five every day, where it's like, you know, I got six pages done, memorized. I got eight more to go. And seeing the slow progress of here I am now, I'm getting there, I'm getting there, I'm getting there. And to finally being, you know, this entire week, like I am done with memorization. It comes to being slow and getting that story across mm-hmm. where my self-confidence goes from a very minimal, like, probably like a C plus on the greatest scale to like an A minus. 
where I feel now as if I am ready to showcase this to an audience and show them that the work that I've put in, even though it was unbelievably tiring and so strenuous, that what I've done to showcase to you guys is my best product and you guys will love it. Yeah. And that's all I can hope for. Mm. I'm super excited for it to open, which, by the way, will open Tuesday, June 27th. Get your tickets now. Um, it's... 262-472-2222 or online at uww.edu. Um, tickets.uww.edu. Tickets.uww.edu. Um, fantastic, fantastic experience. Never would trade in for the world. And I think that growth of being in... Uh, more of a company role where everybody has their own part to contribute to you are one of the sole people in that act. One of two. Well, you, one of one. And just like, <laughs> it's, it's a different feel. Yeah. It's a different, it's a different show. Yeah. And that's also a great thing about theater, how never, there's never a simple version of a show. Even if it's just one person, it could be so complicated for that one person. Or if there's 20 people, there's so many individual pieces that come together where something could go wrong. This has also been the first show where I've been a lead role. Every I've been, through high school and college, I've been told that I'm the perfect supporting actor, which I don't, I don't take offense to. Like, supporting actors have some of the greatest roles in the world. Mm. Like, Genie and Aladdin. I played Genie in, like, a summer production, and it was fantastic. And there are people like, oh, you stole the show. Because now, now it's like, well, I was supporting, like, Aladdin and Jasmine are way more important than genius and whatever. And they're like, no, you're great. I was like, great, thanks. I mean, supporting girls have the ability to steal a show. Yeah. Even characters don't really do And even, even in shows like Frankenstein, you know, you know, like, played the third in the love triangle. And people are like, you, were, you put so much into the show where it was fantastic. Same with Phantom of the Opera. I played Pianchi. People are like, yeah, if you guys are familiar with Phantom, right? Like, yeah, yeah. You know, you got the Phantom. <laughs> Huge. Big role in the show, of course. And you have Christine Daae and Raul and all these people. And they're like, well, you play Pianji unbelievably fantastically. Is that sentence? Yeah, whatever. And, they're like, and I'm like, well, thank you. Like, it means a lot. All this good stuff. And to, you know, assume the role of, it's me, it's only me. When that stage goes dark, then I am done. All they're gonna see is me. Yeah. It's just, it's it, it it's tough to swallow the fact that nobody else will be with me, besides me, and a desk, yeah. and imaginary animals and people, <laughs> and a glass of water, and a glass of water, which is tastes fantastic after half a monologue. Let me tell you. Well. Everyone, come see Poe Times 2. Please come see Poe Times 2. Tickets do you dub dub dot edu. 262-472-2222. I think this is a good point for us to finish off for the night. June 27th to July 1st. (laughs) The first four days are at 7.30 p.m. And the Saturday matinee, July 1st, is at 2 p.m. Good stuff. Going to be a great show. We're all going to be there. Come visit us. Come make friends. It's a great show. Thank you guys so much for joining me on Young Boys tonight. A very long yeah. one. A Our very, pleasure. very long one. Sorry about that. It's okay. We had we had a we had a lot of had a lot of good talks. 
So I love you guys. Thank you so much to everyone who listened. If you got this far, kudos to I'm you. Very proud of you. This is all. I think this is gonna be almost two hours long. Yeah. It's so, a two-parter. It was, it was <laughs> a two-parter. Yeah, yeah. It was a good talk. Thank you. Talk. Thank you very much for listening. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for when I said you want to do a podcast. You said yes. That was good. <laughs> it was a good time. Thanks for that. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll see you in the next one. Bye. 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 B